Seekers come in many forms. They are artists, activists, and spiritual explorers looking to dive a little deeper into the pulse of living. In these conversations, we journey through the portals of their winding paths of expression to finding deeper meaning and connection to nature, spirit, and our interconnected existence. Welcome to the Zen Nomad Podcast with your host, Sonia Denelson. Today, I'm super excited to be with my really good friend, Giselle. And Giselle is an artist, meditation, and mindfulness practitioner, an entrepreneur, skilled calligrapher. She creates beautiful intentional jewelry, hosts soulful mindfulness retreats in Ireland and Italy, and above all, is a seeker. So, Giselle, let's just uh, start with you a couple years ago, packed up your studio, and decided it was time to make more space for your spiritual practices and some deep exploration, mm-hmm. as well as visit some spiritual teachers and sites. Um, what, what triggered that decision to shift in that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, thanks for this interview, and thanks for allowing me to be part of this really good calling of um, of the importance of being living connected to nature uh, and the essence of life itself but uh, for it's more than a couple of years I guess about in uh, 2015 I went through breast cancer and at that time that put me on um, I I think I've always been a little bit of a, a, a seeker and a looking for a more sensitive, heartful way of existing. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I had breast cancer, which kind of shocked me because I was such a healthy uh, person with how I ate and lived yeah. and philosophies. And and so it, it took me by surprise. But, you know, we all accumulate our toxins in different ways. And, and But what the flashed before me at that time with my three children... Um, is I, I I feel like most illnesses are messengers that come, and this was clearly a messenger for me to uh, take a review and and have a grip of what my life was, and so when I thought, okay, well, if things went sideways with uh, with this illness, what would I leave behind for my children? And the reality was I would be leaving them a really big mess. Right. Um, because how would they go in and sort out my business to know who owes you, what you still owe, right. where, where any of your treasures are, or your, like, it, we just, it would be, um, and I thought, is that what I want to do? And, and all of a sudden, all of that felt so insignificant. And so it made me, I spent um, uh, the better part of a year in, in serious um, natural healing modalities of detoxing my life, every aspect of it, um, from what's in the house and what's in my diet and what's in my thoughts and what's in my emotions and what's in my, 
my um, pursuits and 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 all of it was was um, was at that point very profoundly um, how to get the body back in the the health and alignment that it needs to be in order to do what the body knows how to do, which is to heal. So it was the beginning of uh, a big healing process of, of following where spirit decides that you should be. And um, so I think that um, in the process of all of that, I made decisions to be here and there, but I, I started going to... Ireland a little bit more. Ireland really spoke to my soul. And I'd get there and felt like, you know, this was never a visit. This was a return. Even the first time I went there was a serious return. You know? <laughs> what, what gave you that feeling? Like, what, mm, what was just that? Just in your, in your bones. Like, I couldn't even explain it. I felt, I felt, uh, first time I was taking the, flying back to my community, my fabulous, amazing, beautiful, loving community and family in Canada, and I felt like I shouldn't be leaving because right. I was where I needed to be. Wow. And that I was, um, I was finishing, I was there, I had unfinished business, which didn't make any sense at all because I'd never been there before. How could I possibly have unfinished business? But I think that when we have... Um, a connection to a place, a person th- that it just it call it calls us, and uh, and I think it's it's an incredible. Um, I took a privilege, yeah, to to say I am going to continue to return, Beautiful. and make it um, and and ask the questions of what is it? What is the unfinished business? You know. Um, and it's not necessarily with anyone or body that's still on this plane but whatever that energy is I I needed to figure it out so for a couple of years I went twice a year uh, and these amazing experiences would happen there and I'd meet these um, really profound uh, teachers from yoga to Irish folklorists and um, well, every 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 Irish person, whether they're a banker or a yogi or a side musician, you know, yeah. it's kind of the way. Didn't you meet a water? Yeah, um, yeah. We did dowsing. I did yeah. dowsing. Um, lots of really extraordinary experiences, and then after about the second year, I had this little um, whisper, this little gentle whisper in my ear from some spirit being that said. We're not giving you all of this experience just so that you have it for yourself. You have to share this experience. So then I started to do small retreats to to Ireland, and I've done it twice a year. So I think this coming May will be my sixth. Mm, congratulations! Retreat. Thank you. That's amazing. And every one different than the one before, even yeah. though there are some similar structures. Um, but so much of uh, of uh, a retreat is is um, designed by the components and the people that are that are part of it, and and everyone's been amazing. Like, just wouldn't trade any of them. These little constant building community, beautiful community, and and the whole idea uh, for me in that is in these retreats is to create a a safe container where people can. Uh, feel that they have the ability 
to uh, securely go inwards as well as outwards mm -hmm. into, ter into terrains that they've not had the courage to go. And all of it, when wrapped in nature, and the nature of Ireland is spectacular. What's it like? It's, well, you know, you've heard it before, it's green. Uh, it's yeah. beyond green. It's raw. Uh -huh. um, it's, uh, you're on the ocean, between the ocean and the hills and the windy roads. And uh, and the people and the people have this real essence of they have a term there called crack, yeah. you know that <clears throat> these people have crack, and crack means fun. Like and they have this I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> they have this amazing ability to to dance in 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 their spirit of of being present, being alive in incredible gratitude. I know these group of women that go into the ocean. Around the clock, uh, it's not not around the clock. Around the the calendar year. Amazing. Um, and you just go what? <laughs> Refreshing. But, but they're 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 totally mm. committed, and they they um, it's it's powerfully rejuvenating. Yeah, uh, I guess but, just connecting with the <clears throat> spirit of the water, and the and the, the history and the the varying healing modalities that have taken place there over the years, and mm. and I think that. Um, you know, Ireland certainly has had, it's had a hard um, history with uh, yeah. the famine and the, um, and they are extraordinary. I've not, it's probably one of the most forward countries that I spend time in for social activism. Oh, interesting. Unbelievable. And it's, you know, it, 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 you step up to the plate and with a desire to, to uh, do something, if it's not for the environment, it's for a marginalized group of people, or, or it's for something that's going to better the life of uh, of others. Sounds like there's a lot of integrity. So there. much integrity. Yeah. It's really profoundly beautiful. So, I'm 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 very happy and honored to share the people that I've met in these intimate environments for people that are coming and my objective for taking people is if you can go home with more tools than you arrived with of how to de-stress your life mm -hmm. then I've done what I had set out to do yeah and um we we, do, we even do a creative project at the Byrne College of Art where I have everybody carve um a ring and the ring represents some component of their experience there. And it's about doing something with the intention, connecting your hands to your heart and observing how often the head wants to get into everything. Right. And how we have to, through breath, continually take ourselves back down to the heart center. Wow. And so at the end of wow. the day, people tend to be really exhilarated that they, they have something in their hands. Tangible and, they, memory, and they're yeah. exhausted because because that journey back and forth from head to heart and heart to head yeah <laughs> it's, it just it takes a lot it takes yeah. a lot out of you and then I take these waxes back to Canada I cast them in in whatever metals people want them in and then they receive them um, usually a couple of months later and and it's uh, it's it's great because in that ring, what ends up getting captured is 
this whole experience that they had, wow. and then they've they've got this as this living this living tangible proof of an experience. Yeah, that it's is true. absolutely beautiful yeah, and amazing to be able to pull that out and and remember getting the heart, mm-hmm. getting the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then this year will be the first time uh, we're. I have a retreat in in Italy, and Italy is is a country of um, incredible passion. And you have the the nurturing. It's different. It's very different than the retreat in in uh, in Ireland. But um, how how will it be different? Um, in in uh, in Ireland, it's it's a mindfulness that is playing around the the elemental magic that happens mm-hmm. in the landscape. And in Italy, we are going to have a play around the culinary culture, Ooh. and we're going to bring that into Ooh. the experience. So we'll have amazing. a teaching kitchen. Oh, amazing! And we'll have lots of uh, of different experiences. Like one is we are going out with this Alessandro and his dogs truffle hunting. Oh, amazing! And then he <laughs> cooks us up a storm of all the things that you can do with truffles. That sounds magic. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a pasta maker who's going to show us how to make from scratch yes. numerous pastas and we in this incredible, spectacular villa um, in La Marquette. La Marquette. I always get the pronunciation of this uh, this region. It sounds wrong. Great. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's next to Umbria and it's, it's divine and we're 45 minutes from the ocean and Mm-hmm. We're close to Assisi and close to Gubbio and, and other places so that we can go and experience um, the, the culture from uh, walking with mindfulness and being, being able to just be aware of um, every succulent thing that you put in your mouth and what it takes mm-hmm. from the rain and the sun and the, the nurturing of mm-hmm. the earth and the... And the and the talent and the passion of the hands for mm. for generations. What a nice very often gratitude filled yeah. bellies. <laughs> and it'll be writing and uh, there's a there's a poolside top of the hill, nice. spectacular place and we'll we'll do qigong and yoga and amazing. Yeah. So and are your retreats for women only or no. men and women? No. Um, they tend to be women Women dominate retreats, I think, yeah. probably across the board. Um, uh, and uh, I have had men uh, on retreat. And I usually, um, I usually ask the men if they're okay to be outnumbered. Most of the time they like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no, it's not specifically um, for women. You taught me... Um, a really beautiful reciprocity practice with um, stone, like holding a stone to your heart mm-hmm. and thinking of like all the absolute love that you can absolutely mm-hmm. muster up and gratitude and everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, you can correct me with whatever yeah. <laughs> gaps yeah. I'm having, but then mm-hmm. releasing that um, with the most love that you can back into the waters. Yeah. Um, and you had gotten that practice, I believe, from the Kogis, mm-hmm. and 
I'm curious, how did you cross paths with them? Because you also showed mm-hmm. us, I guess before that, you had shown us, you'd done a, a group showing of their film, Aluna, yeah. and which mm-hmm. is absolutely beautiful and um, awakening in many ways of like um, cultures that know the a depth of things beyond what science has yet to even discover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. how did you um, come across mm-hmm. those people? And uh, a, f- a friend um, who lived with me at one point in Toronto, uh, she, who was a shaman, and she was a practicing shaman uh, who traveled to a number of places, and she had lived in New Zealand for a while, and then she had met up with this shaman in the States that um, he is from Colombia, um, and she had messaged me a couple of times, inviting me to go down to some of the teachings that were happening there, and uh, I went down for one, and and she had signed up for four years uh, more as a as a as a student with him and and I was quite perplexed at the time that because she was a scientist um, she had already done multi, like four years of shamanic study she'd been living and working uh, her life was shamanic practice uh, and she. Uh, when I asked her why she would embark upon another four years, she said um, that the difference with this this man was um, because for her she used to we used to call her the the dragon slayer because <laughs> she would go to do extractions of entities from um, from possessed. Um, lives and um, and she said this man his his first teaching that was was really affected her was that it is not your job as a teacher to extract the demons or and because you're interfering with their karma and their lineage and what you can do is you have to be knowledgeable enough to train these people to teach them how to go to the light and how to be the light in a place where the demons can't exist. And that's what you can do as a healer. And so she, and I thought that was really kind of, that spoke to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I really I liked see that. Why. Like, you know. <laughs> and so one of, <laughs> one of the, um, one of the teachings, so I, I, I ended up um, going down and, and I, I committed myself, which I, I uh, my heart, I still, I support them, I, I love everything that they're doing, I, I ended up not, um, not being the, the, the best student in the world, because I, I, I couldn't be as, um, as flexible as was, as was called for. Um, I had still at that time I had my business was a going concern and and uh, there was just there was too much um, commitments that I had to 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 give up but um, 
anyway, the the offering, the it, which is a, I don't know how much of, of this I I will share because it's a sacred, mm-hmm. uh, sacred reciprocity. But okay. but the premise of um, of of giving back, the, being reminded that we have to give back, and that um, part of their teachings uh, is that we we are born into this life with an agreement with the mother and we are here on a purpose we all have one mm-hmm. and it's our job to find out what that purpose is and this is something that that really aligned with me because i always felt that um, and um, so with with this very often we lose sight of this because we get blindsided by by comfort by lust by consumption by like the times you know and we get we get sidetracked and we lose ourselves we lose our focus we lose our purpose and we we end up um, blockages happen in the flow in our life so whether that blockage is emotional physical um, financial and that um, so when uh, I had visited had a, she came to visit me during her uh, before I even started studying and she was the first person that taught me how to do this reciprocity and she said um, will you work with me while I am a student um, then you, you will get to work with my teacher and uh, so I was flying to Nova Scotia and she said do you have some gems we can access? Well, of course, I'm a jeweler. <laughs> so, so she goes, I'll drive you to the airport uh, if we go by your studio and we can pick up some stones. So we go to the studio, we grab a handful of various gemstones, and she, she said, I'll send you an email, I'll tell you what to do with them. <laughs> so I get to Nova Scotia, and literally I land, it's two hours later, uh, I get a, an email, like a six-page email, Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that I had to print out so clear that I could take instructions. Clear, clear, clear instructions, and she she just downloaded this. You know, this is what you have wow. to do. And it was uh, beautiful. It was going taking these these stones, and for every stone you hold to the right of your heart, which is your spirit heart, and you fill it with love and gratitude for the things you have in your life, like your health, your children, your this moment, this this moment that that made you weep. It was so spectacular, and and the opportunity to stand in front of this tree that's seven hundred years old, and this, and to 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 recognize, to be mindful, and look deeply into all of those things that you fill it with so much incredible love and gratitude, and and then you take the stone and you throw it, holding that intention into the ocean, into the into the the spirit of of the ocean. In gratitude, mm, that and is so beautiful. and um, you would do it for different all kinds of, of different um, different elements, and uh, and then you'd write about it. You'd go and you'd just be in silence, and you'd write about this experience. And very often, when you would be leaving from doing your offerings, the mother would have a little gift for you on the in the sands or at the mm-hmm. river or at the wherever you're doing an offering, and it was um, of, of just feeling extraordinary connections. Yeah. And for me, the heron 
would often show up. Oh, lovely. And I'd know that my, my offering was received. Because it's like, oh, hello, Heron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. The yeah. teacher, the wise one. Teachers. And um, wow. so it was. It was. Uh, it is a, a beautiful reminder that reciprocity um, will clear a lot of the blockages that happen in our life. Yeah. Totally. Thank and you blockages, so much. Blockages were that. clearing like almost yeah. immediately. Things that were snagged. Um, you know business wasn't flowing like it was normally and um, there were communications with different friends that couldn't quite understand what was going on and all of a sudden doing this this reciprocity and expanding this reciprocity into the world in in varying ways it, it created such beautiful light that um, it gives back to you yeah and these these clearings happen it's, it's amazing you on your license plates for your car it <laughs> says be kind just, and you yeah, have just be just kind, be kind. Yeah. and you have been like a kindness warrior that kind of radiates this um, warmth and generosity. Did that come at that time, or were you doing, were you on that mission <laughs> before? Like, how how did that come about? Because it sounds like when you're when you're mm-hmm. saying that that would have like amplified but I feel like you were maybe doing it longer mm. than that I think the um, I think the just be kind came from um, early early um, my near death experience as a as a 10 year old yeah um, and that was from the car accident yeah I was hit by a truck and um uh, that left some challenges physically. I, you know, the the bones that were broken uh, were none that could go in a cast, and um, I have some brain injuries that that still have repercussion now from that. Um, my retention capacity and my dyslexia and whatever. But but um, when the experience of seeing the other side of of life. And having that brush with a light that you can't even define, and and knowing that there was one word that defined what that experience was, and that light, that loving light, mm-hmm. was compassion. Mm-hmm. It was this pouring of compassion, and compassion's a big word for a ten-year-old. I had a debt to pay, or not not really a debt to pay. I, it was a gift. I was here as a gift. Yeah. And I, you know, I wished I, you know, now I just turned sixty. I really wish that I, they had provided a roadmap that would go with this. You know, like here's your mission. Go do it. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no problem. It's like you are on a mission, and it is extremely time sensitive. 
is what I is what I had pressing my entire life. <laughs> but you figure it out. <laughs> so I think that's a sign of a seeker. Like I felt that my entire life too. It's like, okay, I have to, I have to do this thing. I don't know what it is, but it's really important. And it has to do with create, uh, connecting to the great source. But to actually have seen that and experienced it out of your body and coming back with that. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. Like really. And from that time, I mean, I, I, it's sort of kiboshed childhood because playing with friends and make-believe stuff just didn't cut it anymore like even at 10 yeah Yeah. um and I I just this mission was always kind of there and and it was confusing I mean teenage years and my goodness it was it was challenging on all kinds of fronts but um but nonetheless it was always there and because the root was compassion um, it was, it was, um, yeah, the just be kind is, uh, was a good license plate to, um, if you're going to have a vanity plate, <laughs> it's a good message to spread on the highway. Totally, <laughs> totally. It's definitely let me in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks. <laughs> <Thumbs up. laughs> <No. laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you're gonna do it do it with kindness yeah. Yeah. um yeah it's definitely uh something that when I yeah there's aspects of people that I look up to and I admire or it's like it's you've provided for me this beautiful modeling of how to just be a little bit more uh like how easy and expansive it is to let go a little bit and just be Mm. kind (laughs) like definitely it's an art form Mm. and a work (laughs) in practice but it's nice to have that um modeling or that someone who is in my circle of people who radiates that yeah, thank you. I think that for being think, the kindness yeah, warrior. Yeah. The important are. thing, which is probably something on the on the premise of kindness, um, I think that for me, the kind my my mm, focus was generally kindness to others. Yeah, and uh, and that I would enjoy basking in what happens to others in the uh, in the face of kindness. Right, but it's really not the same as kindness to the self and no. self-love. And I have been working with that one a little bit more this last I don't know five or ten years, and uh, and I think for a lot of people, it's it is a difficult challenge. We, and I'm not saying that sacrifices are not important and not are not valuable things, but. Um, to ask yourself the question of um, uh, of are you are you kind to yourself and mm-hmm. do you do you cut yourself the right slack and do you uh, do you go do you have acts of of self love mm-hmm. that fills your well? 
Yeah, that's huge. And it kind of ties in with something that came to mind as you were speaking about the um, reciprocity and seeing the light and stuff. Like recently, because uh, we, we have this self-talk that's so subtle and hidden <clears throat> that we don't realize these like subtle judgments we make upon ourselves in our daily life and I was doing a bit of a, a gratitude practice and sitting down and I think I've been in a habit of feeling not enough and I'm constantly in accumulation of needing to learn more, know more, be better before I have anything to offer and like collecting, <laughs> squirreling away till like maybe at some point I have value and worth to offer. And then I sat down and started going through this very first centering deep within my heart and not my mind. And then going into this gratitude practice of having the privilege to have the space in my lifetime so far and even the teachers and friends and people who have crossed my path are such powerful, incredible beings who have gifted me with knowledge that like, I need to take time and embody and some of it, it has been embodying slowly over time but in this time of rushing forward and collecting, instead of really honoring and looking back and in that moment of recognizing, wow, I feel very honored and privileged that these gifts were entrusted to me to somehow find a voice for and pass on. And it brought me to my knees of appreciation and and value of what I already have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to cry because it, it was very emotional to feel the intensity of those gifts and and to under, recognize that uh, it's time to like honor those and the only way that you can really honor those is to start valuing yourself and or me to value myself and what I have to offer and recognizing that it was my own programming that was preventing me from seeing those things and getting through that programming Mm -hmm. and and really sitting with like, okay, you know, you're not just an accident here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time to value and have that reciprocity mm-hmm. and that gratitude for all those teachers and all those people who have crossed your path. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess if we could like have more programming in our society that creates that space that it's the space. It's yeah. the space and it's the emptying. Yeah, and it's something that we just are we we don't really grasp in our society is is no. the premise of emptying. Yeah, if you want to know how full you really are and how valuable you really are and how perfect it already is, yeah, even in its incompletion, yeah, uh, is to start emptying. Yeah, yeah, you know, because we we feel <clears throat> when there's something missing, we gather, we collect. 
Yeah. But what's missing is the space. The digestion period. And the, empty, and the, and the emptiness. Like, yeah. you know, um, Thich Nhat Hanh, who I will consider my main teacher, will yeah. say, thanks to emptiness, everything is possible. Right. You know, you want to have clarity of, of <laughs> your direction or who you are, where you are. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all your, all the notions of what you think. Yeah. And come back to an empty place. Yeah. Where you can, you can do and be that much more. Speaking of Thich Nhat Hanh, mm-hmm. you've been to Plum Village several times. You've, mm-hmm. with your meditation and jewelry line, you've worked on some project with them. Do you want to? I did. I did. Tell I, us about I, how that came about yeah. and how he became your main yeah. teacher. He's an amazing human being. Yeah. He's probably. I think that um, I dabbled in in Buddhism, little bits here and there for a long time. Um, and his name would come up, everybody would refer to him, every teacher, every book I read would, somewhere that his name would come up, but I never really uh, read any of his books, even though he has about 80 of them. And I was in New York, and I, I picked up a book, I was waiting for a meeting, I was super stressed, um, and I picked a book off the bookshelf that was... Um, um, Oh my God, I'm going to forget the name of the book. <laughs> anyway, I opened it to a page that was a poem, and the poem is called Me by My True Names. And it was the most profound poem I ever read, and it was about inclusiveness, and it's about no mud, no lotus, that we have in us the seed of all things, and it is what we water. And to always recognize before we make judgment that there is a little bit of everything and everyone that exists in us. And it was just his. He's, he's a poet. He's a, he's a scholar, and he's the. He takes, um, he takes mindfulness and he brings it to the street in the most digestible format. Um, being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by Martin Luther King, um, he's just done a remarkable. Um, walk in, in life. So so I, I was doing uh, the one of a kind in Toronto and this one year uh, because it was a big financial stressful year I just and I got invited to be at the the uh, Grand Central Terminal holiday show and they overlapped and it was crazy making to take on two shows, two shows in two countries yeah. and it's me you know it's me and whatever staff I'm going to get to work with me um, and um, so this time what I would often do like most artists would be you work you work till you can't stand any longer at creating 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 creating, creating and then you do the show and you and you tell yourself you're weaving and you're loving creation creation itself is divine that's what I call having tea with God and the, the business side of it. This is another ballgame. But I, um, I had this, this whole, um, uh, the usual would be you're going to, if, if the money signs up, lines up at the end of the, the show and it's going to be a great show, I'm going to take my children on a holiday or I'm going to, you know, and then, of course, you see what's left and you go, well, I could take, I could, we could go on a holiday or I could pay the bills for the next three months and have a little bit of breath. <laughs> and so this time when I said yes to doing two shows overlapping because there was really no, 
there was no sanity to the saying yes. Um, so I, I said, um, I, can, I can do this, and I'm, I'm booking immediately my trip to Plum Village. I'm going to go and do 10 days on a mat with, with, uh, with this, this human that became my teacher. Um, and so that was my light at the end of the tunnel. And I was in, by the time I got to France, I was such a mess. Um, yes, I, I just, it was overwhelming to do two shows. It was crazy. I'd never do it again. For sure. Yeah. Never do it again. Not, not two shows of that, of that scale. Yeah. And, uh, so I arrived to France and about mm, third day on the mat, third day in morning meditation, I started downloading cause we were doing a lot of, uh, engraving poetry, prose and prayer that would, would um, be on jewelry and resonate on people's body, kind of with your calligraphy by, skills. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, with the influence of um, of um, uh, Dr. Emoto, you know that uh, that that water has uh, holds memory and 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 resonates with our emotions and and so. Um, but the third day, I started having these visions, not of engraving Thai's calligraphy. But using because he does his calligraphy on rice paper and it's beautiful, and but taking some of his 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 calligraphies, and through um, through doing um, a photographic um, scale, I can scale it and I can make I can make seals without interfering with his writing whatsoever. Oh, amazing! And so I came back and I. I did, uh, I drew out what I felt, and of course, while I'm on the mat, I'm like, come on, this <laughs> not is my <laughs> time, I'm not working, this means I've got to, like, I'll never you heal if I don't, you know. <laughs> anyway, so when I came back to uh, Canada, I uh, created a sample of what it would look like, uh, did some drawings, sent them to the monastics, who knows, you know, I wanted, I needed their blessing in order to do this, um, this is copyrights, and uh, and I also wanted to do it as a fundraiser, um, which provides them twenty percent of whatever the proceeds of, of it were, and um, and the collection is still um, probably one of my favorite, and and uh, and I see I see people wear them, and and they're 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 beautiful, and that they hold a piece of a piece of his wisdom. Beautiful, and they sell it at Plum Village as well. They sell them at Plum Village as well, and uh, and some okay. of their other bookstores. Some of them, not uh, not all of them. Working, you know, trying to um, communicating a project like this. No matter how I I saw it, it was you're, you're dealing with the reality of non-material non-attachment, <laughs> uh, uh, <yeah. laughs> and it's tough. You know, it's yeah. still a thing. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. It was a little bit. Um, it was a little bit of an interesting project, but uh, nonetheless, it brings me back to. Um, it's not what brings me back. My practice brings me back. But you've gone community. several times. Yeah, back. community brings me back, yeah. and and uh, I I love this this re- these retreats in community. Yeah. I'd highly recommend if somebody wants to have a, a mindfulness uh, week, other than coming on retreat with me. But yeah. um, they're they're amazing. He's he's not he's he's now um, he's in his nineties. He's not uh, doing the the Dharma teachings, but the monastics that have been with him for all of those years and some young monastics have extraordinary. Like they've really. I was worried that one. You know, how's it going to be when he's no longer there? Um, and it, he's not into the hierarchy. He's into community. He's into. Um, 
the, the noble uh, forwarding of what the teachings are. Wonderful. And the young, the young monks and nuns are extraordinary of how they deliver. You can feel Thai in them. Thai wow. is who we call Thich Nhat Hanh. It's yeah. Thai for teacher. But uh, you can feel Thai in, in them. In their, their passion, it's beautiful. It's really amazing. Um, you brought your grandson I to did. the last one. I did. How was that oh for God. him? How, he's like 12? He's 13. 13? He's 13. And for me, it was, it was a give back that I was willing to, I was willing to go and, and do. And he um, was entering high school. Wow. And he's an awesome kid. And I, and I wanted to give him the opportunity to learn some mindfulness skills so that he can have some tools of how to work with um, when your, your hormones um, start to go all over the map and uh, that you can understand what emotions are and that you can address them properly from a place that can um, be your own best friend. And how did he find that? Like, did he give you feedback? Yeah, yeah, it was, was it was, it was great. It was, um, they, they have a, a, a teenage program that, that wasn't as inclusive <laughs> as, as some of the, the, um, the other programs that they have. And I wished that he was part of what we were doing in, in the mm. Dharma Share and, um, the week that we were there was the, the week where we hit 40 and he was camping. He was, um, um, but he, some of the most important things that um, the teen program got to go to Ty's, um, his, his own hermitage and wow. do early morning meditation watching the sun come up from Ty's. Wow, I'm like, that's there, there special. Were, there were 900 people on retreat, you know, there's, there was um, 20 teenage boys that got to go and do this. Wow. And, I, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, and I said to him, you know, you should definitely, because the, the monks gave them an option, you know, you don't have to. You can sleep in if you want to, but it's kind of special. <laughs> a I, little. I'm, and I'm like, little. I'm like, Cameron, you've got to go. And, and he's he kind of, but um, he was very happy to say he went every day. And uh, and he he was he shared that that uh, the monks taught him how to sit properly so that he could he could go a little deeper in his meditation. Wow, <laughs> you know, that's so, awesome. So it was beautiful. He got it. We had a we got had a it, and it'll wait. Little things will little wake things. up in his life too his, when he looks time. back. You know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I definitely am not there for my for my grandkids as a conventional grandma. Is but I, I hope to be there as a as a I don't know I've seen you be there as a pretty uh, awesome yeah. grandmother I don't think it needs to be conventional to be very um, incredible and and uh, have them have little treasures of Hopefully. wisdom and spirit to carry with them through the rest of their lives. Hopefully. Hey, the Camino. <laughs> so you've been walking that for a couple of years now, maybe yeah, I, um, three times now? The first Camino I walked was 10 years ago. 
Yeah. So, um, and then I have walked last year. Well, the year before I went and walked like four days. Not exactly. And then last, last year we walked about, I don't know, do we walk three weeks? Uh, and this year we walked seven weeks. Wow. A thousand kilometers. So we basically, this year wow. we walked um, the Via de la Plata from Seville up to Santiago to Compostela and it was um, a little bit harder than than most um, for us it was we started mid-September and it was still hot they don't recommend we read you know afterwards because you'd see crosses every now and again oh gee <laughs> All right. it, was only, it was only when we were in Santiago that I was reading this article of you know with with a um, capital letter posting that not recommended to walk the Camino de la Plata between dies of between May and many wow many. wow yeah yeah because um, what there is in this particular Camino uh-huh. uh, there are many many Caminos through Spain there there are pilgrimages everywhere um, and the in this particular one um, there are days that are they might be between 20 and 30 kilometers and you might not have anything in between of places where you can get water or provisions wow because so, you're carrying as little as possible so it's not yeah, like you're carrying your yeah, lunch but you, and you have to carry whatever if you're if you're going to have those kind of days you have right. to carry everything that your body's going to need right so um and what we didn't also expect well maybe we did but we just didn't realize it was going to be so hard, was how there were, there were days with um, no shelter, like no trees. Oh, wow. In, in the south, there was yeah. just days where you were walking through fields of fields and fields and fields, and there might be, um, there might be uh, a vineyard on one side and olive groves or cotton or whatever, fields and fields and fields, but there's no trees that are protecting these roads. Wow. You know, you were just walking raw in the sun raw in the sun so Baking it takes like a different kind of of, chips. Of, <laughs> of stamina yeah we walk through pig farming and then general everything farming and and um cattle and yeah so when you when you decide to do when you go into the forest like yeah. when you get to the the places where you're up into the mountains mm. and you're walking through forests it's so magical that you wow. could cry all day. Oh, wow. It's just, it's just, um, after a while, I think that uh, um, Daniela that I walk with said, something cracks you open. Yeah. Something seriously cracks you open. Um, there is no place that when you're walking, when you make this kind of commitment um, to walk. And for me, it was fabulous because... I walked into another decade, like I, I walked, I loved, really, and I was so aware of that, you know, okay, so leaving my 50s, I'm going to be 60, and what does that mean, and I'm going to just walk into that decade, and, and uh, with immense gratitude, like, I didn't think, when I was young, and, and I knew I was on a mission, I thought I was going to die young, and then I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I made it to 40, I can't believe I made it to 50, you know, <laughs> okay, let's do it again, um, but the uh, the walking it you're with yourself for seven or eight or very little like even when we we walked together for some of it and we'd 
we, you kind of you're walking apart. The other person's 500 meters ahead of you, or, um, and uh, you there is no place to escape every imaginable aspect of yourself that exists. Mm-hmm. So you'll see um, you'll see more shadows than you could ever imagine, <laughs> physical ones, <laughs> yeah, energetic ones, <laughs> yeah. spirit ones. <laughs> And then you just make pieces, as dear Ty would say, hello, old friend, <laughs> <You Yes. know? laughs> over and over again. And, and then the, the beautiful side of that is that it is this incredible opportunity to make peace. Yeah, I guess if you're greeting them often enough that the less they become shadows mm-hmm. and the more that they can kind of do whatever releasing or transforming or accepting that needs to happen. Um, What happens when you're on a walk like that and you're spending, like, how many hours a day walking outside? Um, Usually seven. So you're spending seven seven hours a day every day. Just walking. Walking, breathing the outside air, your feet on the, like, soil. Usually, sometimes it's the asphalt, you know, but most of the time you're... You're in the elements, so you're in the hot sun or the wind or the... I don't know if you experienced rain. Rain. (laughs) So you're you're in with all of the elements and all of the non-human life that's around us in that area. Um, What what would you call non-human? Like trees Trees and... Okay. It's the one-legged nation. Okay. <laughs> the, all other living things yeah. around us other than, I mean, I guess you're like passing the farm, humans the farm on machinery the... machinery and the... And the <laughs> yeah, all the animated yeah. Yeah. Um, by the, uh, the spiritual force yeah, yeah, <laughs> around yeah. you. Um, yeah. How would you say that your relationship with all the integration of you with all of that in those, like, eight hours a day, seven days a week for, Mm -hmm. like, seven weeks. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's a lot of time that we as humans in this time and age are not used to being outside Mm -hmm. for, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what shift, like, what Mm -hmm. would have shifted and what did that relationship become like and yeah how did it mm-hmm. nurture you or challenge you or mm-hmm. it's um no matter how difficult it is and there were some days that were difficult on the body uh but my body behaved super well I could feel myself get stronger right from the get-go mm-hmm. um I had last last year I had back issues and knee issues, but I went a little bit more prepared. It's also an osteopath that gave me some some tips, which really uh, helped me. So I I really paid attention to alignment, and as I was walking, I would just continually use an affirmation that my body is getting stronger every day, beautiful, and more aligned every day, beautiful, and that this was healing me and not not breaking me. And so, and that was was really amazing, and I felt it, and I was getting stronger, and I was more aligned. And no matter how difficult the days are, you end up finding yourself just wanting to keep walking. You Mm want to, you know, the next day comes, and I'm ready to go, like, 
I know that the sun's not up yet, but let's just go. Let's just go. Like, we'll just go walk in the stars. Um, <laughs> but um, you, and we've walked for seven, seven weeks, was, was a bit much on our body because we were busy doing other things before then. And, but I can't wait to walk again. Like, I, once, once you've, you've um, I think once you've become this kind of a pilgrim, there's something of it. It's a, you know it, it 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 speaks to the seeker. Mm-hmm. It speaks to this connection that happens with with where it counts, mm-hmm. and it's like a, a commune with mm-hmm. with nature. It nourishes you so deeply that uh, it's better than relationships. It's better than yeah. you know you, you you start to look at the how the, the the world is run and you go, I don't really like people anymore. Yeah. You know, just would really like how can we be more accepting. More accepting, yeah. more um, more kind and loving to where we are and to be present. Like yeah. I I think that this um, made me so aware of presence. Uh, not that I it's not always been, but this was really grounding home. A yeah. sense of presence, and walking for the joy of walking. Yeah. Not walking to get somewhere. Yeah, that's but walking beautiful. for the absolute joy of walking. Yeah. Like, how could I possibly give enough gratitude for the fact that I am breathing this air, looking at this tree that has probably witnessed things for three hundred years or four hundred? Like we had one tree that we came into a village, this special. I think it was a chestnut tree. Such a, anyway, um, it was 800 years old. Wow. <laughs> and it was the center of this little village that where monks had, had lived, and uh, you could feel the energy in this little town. It was, it was now a deserted little town. There was a little, there was a plaque on, over on the side that you could kind of still make wow. out a little bit. The tree and, was probably loving all we the went, pilgrims that came yeah, by. It's like, oh, yeah. the monks are gone. It's yeah. so nice to have you yeah. passing through. Yeah, but it was, um, we, yeah. it, this tree, we both got down on our knees in front of this tree. Wow. Beautiful. Like it was just, imagine what this tree, this still living, looking over you. And the wisdom. And the wisdom. That it holds and, the, and, the, and how trees operate. Yeah, how they nourish one another. Yeah, is extraordinary. And how much life force there is, even when a tree dies. How much yeah. life goes into the land, and and um, microcosms and, and yeah, creatures that hundreds of species that still you know are all part of this cycle. It's so yeah. fascinating. But the the intimacy that you have with nature and. Particularly, I do love the Camino uh, to Santiago. Like most all of the Caminos, there are many, many through Spain. They all lead to Santiago. And they have been, these paths have been walked for, for like, I think, 1,100 years. Oh, really? Wow. You know, and you feel the energy of these. Wow, and the stuff that people are coming with and clearing yeah. and yeah. looking to connect to yeah. and healing. Wow. Yeah, everybody That's walks powerful. for it. Everybody walks a different Camino. But it's everybody always walks intention. A, usually, some, yep, yeah, usually. Yeah. And so some walk to remember and some walk to forget and some... Wow walk to be present, some walk to walk, and some walk for a physical 
you know. Wow. So there's a million reasons um, why people uh, will go and they'll walk. And uh, and some of the forests that you walk through, the eucalyptus forests and oh, the wow. pine yeah. forests and the, it, that uh, where you you enter into a forest and it's as if the time of day just changed by into dusk because <laughs> the, the the canopy is so thick yeah that uh, and then of course then you get the pine it, it's the nice I don't soft have to tell you to walk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but I've I've um, moss covered trees and mm. you know I. I, uh, there's a lot to be said so they're for old the forest. They're older, old, yeah. old forest. And because the pilgrimage has been respected and honored for so long, um, the people, all of the families that have that that you buy into a piece of land that the path comes through your property, you honor this. Like this is this is not you know you you're not chopping it down and selling the wood no and <laughs> no so for no but all the, you know time, it could be that you're going through um you go through um some provincial parks you go through farms yeah and you open a gate and you go you walk through this farm field for whatever and you know and and generally the people will just say buon camino oh so it's nice. a good walk yeah, yeah. and um and it's it's uh, it's beautiful. It's a real sense of of uh, a, a walking community, the nice. pilgrim community. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, also, what you were saying about um, cultivating the relationship with nature. I've been finding that for the past few many years, just cultivating my relationship with forests, and instead of like walking through them in a mode of exercise but actually meandering through sometimes having a nap on some some mossy lands <laughs> under yeah. some trees yeah. or taking like more contemplative photography of like close-ups mm -hmm. of like moss and lichen and mushrooms and distant ones of trees and going by different species and spending time with them and feeling their energy and realizing walking alone in the forest, you're never really alone, that you're contained in this environment that is has no expectations for you to be anything other than what you are. It, like, Because mm -hmm. every being is busy being who they are, mm -hmm. and there's not all these human um, projections that you have on yourself or from others when you're out in society mm -hmm. so it becomes more where it's challenging with people if you cultivate that relationship and that awareness and that sensing with nature mm -hmm. that it becomes the place where you feel least lonely mm -hmm. even though you might be the only human like the only person <laughs> um, in in the area mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah Thank you for that.